Welcome. Welcome. Welcome to the Think Orange podcast. A podcast with ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. G'day everyone, my name is Dave and I want to welcome you once again to the Think Orange podcast. As always, our goal for the podcast is to encourage, inspire and resource you by giving you access to the speakers, thought leaders and experts who are rethinking and reimagining the way ministry can be done. And so with this in mind, we are thrilled to be talking with one of our favorite leaders, Kerry Newhoff. Now, Kerry is a former lawyer and the founding pastor of Connexus Church in Barrie, Ontario. He's also a speaker, podcaster, and author of such incredible books as Leading Change and Didn't See It Coming. Kerry is also a longtime friend of Orange and this podcast. And so we had Reggie and Kristen from our team sit down with him as they prepared for Orange Tour Limited to talk about what he thinks the future of the church will look like. There's so much wisdom in this conversation, and I cannot wait for you to hear it. What is the future? What do you think the future might look like? What would you say to leaders if you could say, this is one thing I hope every ministry leader, church leader would consider focusing on and working on to prepare for what could be the future? So I would say, I love the question, Kristen. I would say our mission is up to this. Like the mission of the church isn't going away. It's great. It worked in the first century. It worked in the fifth century. It worked in the 17th century. It's going to work in the 21st century. The methods are broken. So the first thing that happens in a crisis is your methods break. We can't do orange tour on the road. You know, we can't fly anywhere. Uh, Okay. Parents can't come to church anymore with their kids. So What do we do? The methods break, but the mission stays the same. And if you look at it, there's some lessons throughout history, but some, you know, lessons in our lifetime. We think about the Titans. I mean, you read business books from the 90s and some of the top businesses in the 90s don't exist anymore. I mean, Kodak invented quite famously the digital camera and they went bankrupt in 2012. Blockbuster scaled dramatically in the 1990s. And by 2011, <laughs> they were pretty much all shut down, right? So there were there now. Have people stopped watching movies? No, actually, it's exploded. Have people stopped going to hotel, you know traveling? Well, maybe temporarily, but hospitality is alive and well. But Airbnb exploited a hole in the market. Photography, you know, somebody makes the argument, and I think they're right. It wasn't it wasn't actually a better camera maker or film that killed Kodak. You know what killed Kodak? Instagram, because Instagram changed. Like, imagine, Reggie, I still remember, I think you and I were at dinner and you guys had like the first iPhone, which wasn't available in Canada. And I remember passing it around the table and everyone's looking at this thing. But in those days, and that wasn't that long ago, 2007, 2008, right? We still printed our pictures and we organized them. Um, I stopped organizing my photos on my phone about five years ago. I used to have folders and subfolders. And now you take 15... 20 pictures a day of stupid things along the way and nobody categorizes. I'm hoping AI saves us from that. But, you know, so what happened was Kodak, which was a multi-million, maybe billion dollar company that invented the digital camera goes bankrupt because they forgot that the mission was photography. The mission was not film. 
And I think that is a danger for the church is our method is you better be in the building at a set time at a set hour and you better be here masks or no masks. And that is how we do church. Well, you can be the church in a different way and, and still gather in community that maybe isn't quite as central facility focused. Uh, I think kids ministry is a bit of a different category because you got to, you got to figure out how to do distributed church or online church for kids, which you guys, you know, totally lead the way in, but it's going to involve a lot of rethinking of our methods to preserve the mission. That's great. And I, and I love the analogy of Kodak and Instagram, because I do think there's some churches that are Kodak and they're on their way out. Mm -hmm. And I think there's some churches that are Instagram and they're on their way in. And if you were starting a church thinking about the future and you were to take the things you've learned in the past and what you've learned throughout this crisis and, and pandemic and go, okay, if I was starting tomorrow, and I know we're both too old to do this, but if I were starting tomorrow and I was going to build a church for the future, what would you do? What, what are some things you would say, this is what I would do, this is how I would start, this is how I would prioritize? I would start by being a digital first church. And what I mean by that is you just staff it and you strategize around it and you behave like your digital platform that can be social media, your website, your streaming, you know, everything that you do online is kind of your default. So that becomes your digital becomes your default for a church. So if you think about it, that's how Amazon really started. Amazon started as a digital company that pre-pandemic started to have physical expressions. You go to a few places and find prime stores, which was kind of a foreign concept. Walmart had to do the other way around, right? Walmart was a physical company that became a digital company. JCPenney was a physical company with a website and they died. So Walmart started now, it's like you can go to Walmart. Uh, you know, we bought a vacuum cleaner for some uh, relatives of ours and the local Costco was out. So I just went to Costco.com and got it shipped to my house. That was pretty simple. And I think a lot of churches have to think about that. So what I would do is I would staff at least 50% of my staff time and budget would be focused on online resourcing parents and adults and discipling parents and adults. And that can be in distributed gatherings too. It can be in home gatherings as well as in the facility. And then about half of my staffing would go toward our gathered experience in a facility rented or owned by the church. So I would start there. Uh, you and I, we have talked about this a lot, but I'd prioritize next-gen and digital ministry. So a lot of churches think in terms of adult discipleship, adult evangelism, yep, those are important, but they should be on all play for everybody. And I would really focus well on a next-gen director or you know, however you want to staff that, you guys know the model inside out, but, but really that next generation person and then your online person really becomes the new service programming person or the worship or creative director. And I think those are two of the hardest positions to staff right now in the church would be the next gen director and the online sort of creative social media director. So I would be focusing on those and then, and then kind of reverse engineer from that because online... Online really, I think people were afraid for, for years and years and years about going online 
Um, people said it was theological, but then everybody changed their theology March 15th, <laughs> 2020, right? It's like theologically opposed to digital preaching. Oh, well, not anymore. So, I mean, that happened, right? But people went online, but they were afraid to go online because they were afraid that, that it would be a backdoor. Like, okay, if we offer this online, you're not going to come on Sunday. And I like to see those seats filled, right? Which is how most senior leaders think. But I think what we realized is that ship has sailed long before COVID. Like anybody who wanted to bail on your church or anybody who wanted a church online, if your church wasn't online, other churches were. So if I want to be lazy, like that back door opened up 15 years ago and lots of people have already walked through it. So that's not actually a real fear anymore. The real potential of online church moving forward is it's a front door and a side door. Front door, because Every place you've ever visited, you've checked out online, right? If you're going to take your kids to a Disney vacation, you're going to go to a restaurant, you're going to go uh, to a shop, you've already checked out. Do they have stock? Do they have what I want? You've been to their website, you've checked them out on social. That's what everyone's doing. So it's a front door. And even long before COVID, we've been online for five, six years now. Well, we've been online longer than that in different forms, but a true like online presence for years People who are attending our church when we were open for in-person gatherings, what we'll be reopening later in 2021, would say, we've watched you for a year. Like we have been part of your church for a year. So it's a huge front door and it's a side door because we already knew that regular church attenders were attending less often. There was travel sports and, you know, weekends away and, oh my gosh, it's cold or we just slept in, right? So, so you had that reality happening for decades already in the church. Well, suddenly those people, if you have a, a robust online presence, they can engage. They can do something with their kids. The parents can watch the message. They can watch it live. They can watch it on demand. So you actually get greater engagement for new people and for your people by having a strong online ministry. And the backdoor thing, well, that's kind of more a 10-year-ago thing than it is today. That's a great, great. Can I follow up for yeah. a second? I, I love brainstorming with you. Our staff all agree that you're one of the smartest leaders we've ever met. We, we've always been honored that you would play with us the way that you do. And if I were sitting in a room with you right now, I would, I would brainstorm this with this question. And because I think everything you just said is 100% true for this percentage of churches. Let's mm -hmm. pretend for just a second you're a non-communicator. You're not great at presentation. You have a heart to start a church. You don't have a staff. You can't afford a staff, but you have this thing in you that wants to help the community of families around you. And you've got to start from a different point. And you, and, and let's say you had to do that. What, what would you do in that situation? I mean, because I think there's a stat that even suggests right now that a lot of churches are not simply losing people, but when people are going online, they're watching other people that aren't even local in their communities, and they've shifted away from their local churches to just watch the great communicators in the country. So how do I, if I was a non-communicator or I wasn't good on the platform and I want to have a heart for my community, what do I do in the light of what's going to happen in the future? Yeah, it's such a great question. And that probably describes easily half of all churches in America and around the world. I think nobody can out-local the local church. You've always said, Reggie, nobody can out-community the local church. And I think that's so true. So I think, I think you be the local church. You show the community that you love them. Um, most leaders have a phone. Most leaders, I mean, you know, you, you assemble some of the top communicators in the world. 
And sometimes I sit there in, in the rooms with you guys on tour at Orange Conference and I'm like, I wish I was as funny as John Acuff. I wish I was insightful <laughs> as Reggie Joyner. I, I wish I was as deliberate and thoughtful as Kristen Ivey. I mean, you know, we Did you all- say thoughtful? Did she say she was thoughtful? <laughs> I said she was thoughtful. Right? Okay, I just want to make sure I understood. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> You know, but we we all have that, right? And the reality is we can't all be Mike Todd and we can't all be, you know, we're just, we're, I, I will never be as funny as Acuff. I just, I just won't be. And that's okay. But God created me with a unique set of gifts. They often come out as bullet points, much to my, you know, <laughs> you know, discouragement. And uh, I'm, I'm okay at interviewing people. And so, you know, that's my little world. And we all have our little world. But what we all have from Christ is we have love. And that, you know, the big preacher that millions of people watch, he or she isn't coming to your town. They're not coming to your county. They're not coming to your village. And they're not coming to your street. And they would tell you that because, you know, we know a lot of those people. And they would say, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to make a big in Peoria. Like, I'm not, okay? I'm really not. But you get to love on your city, and you can just be the local church. And nobody should be able to out-local and out-community the local church. So, just do a really good job loving your people. Don't try to pretend to be somebody you're not. And when you go on, you know, like we all mostly have phones these days, and Dave Adamson, who you know, has he says, listen, we all have windows, right? So you can't afford lights. You can't afford a mic. Get near a window where you've got some good natural light and just shoot a little video. There was one story, I forget who told it. It happened on, on one of my podcasts. And there was a pastor who, and you know, somebody who's listening to this will know the exact source. So I'm sorry I don't. But there was a pastor who was exactly in that situation you're talking about, who, you know, puts his videos, his sermons on YouTube, they get 18 views. And most of them was his mom, right? His mom was watching him 18 <laughs> times. So he's in, he's in that space. And then one day he just had his phone with him and he decided he was going to do a YouTube live and say, I, I'm just walking around my neighborhood on my half hour evening walk. And if you want me to pray for you, I'm here live, leave a comment. And like, he's literally just walking down the road with, with his phone on. And so he just started praying for people while he was doing his evening walk, shut it down, you know, a half hour later, and then looked and it was like 10,000 views. Wow. And so I think that is the beauty of the internet is the internet is flat. Like it's flat, right? So, yeah. And, and I think high production can work against you. I think, I think that can come off as too slick. I mean, it depends on your context. If you're doing a conference, a big event, you know, whatever, whatever. But, but people distrust slick and they also don't watch really bad video. But if you have decent sound and you're authentic and you show your heart and you're just who God made you to be, not somebody you're not, I think that has tremendous resonance and just love your city, love your community, love your people. Love the people who don't go to your church. Love the people who are different from you. Love a different neighborhood and be active in the local community and be the church and you'll, you'll be just fine. That's great. That's so Thank good. you so much, Gary. Well, as a social media and online pastor, I got so much out of that conversation. I always learn from Kerry and his insight into the future of the church. If this episode was helpful for you too, we'd love if you could give us a review and star rating on Apple Podcast and subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Google Play, Stitcher or SoundCloud. 
Now, if you're listening from the US, we are bringing conversations like this one to a city near you, and we'd love to see you safely in person. So make sure you check out orangetour.org. Well, thanks so much for listening. My name is Dave Adamson. And remember, when you think next generation or church strategy, think orange. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Think Orange podcast. Join us next time for more ideas and conversations to help you influence the next generation. For more episodes and show notes, visit thinkorangepodcast.com. Thank you.